In our series about the 50th anniversary of the creation of the Buffalo National River, part of our national park system, we've gone from limestone understructure to forested bluffs, from tiny perch darters to elk and black bear, and from solitary winter canoe runs to summers when more than a million and a half visitors have found their way to this park. After finishing our list of interviews for all this, we decided to circle back to ranger interpreter Kevin Middleton and ask him to give us a kind of summary tour, a review of places he would put on the you shouldn't miss this list. After reminding us that the park has 135 miles of such places, he agreed to select a few beginning in the upper river section of the park's jurisdiction, focusing on hiking, camping, and historical spots. The river and its canoeing, swimming, fishing, and simply being there connects them all. The first place that I suggest people go if they want to hike a little bit, it's called Lost Valley. It's uh, probably our most popular hiking trail. It's a trail that's fairly friendly uh, to most anybody that can hike. It's roughly uh, two miles long. Uh, basically, you go up and come back. But it has a lot of features in, in a short area. Um, it's got a natural bridge with water flowing through it. There's a spring in the natural bridge. You can climb. If you're a little bit adventurous, you can climb up through the natural bridge and come out the other side. Uh, there's a beautiful pool of water down below that lots of the kids like to splash around in, especially uh, in the summer when it's nice and warm. The water's always cool there. Uh, it gets even more rugged as you make your way up past the natural bridge. Uh, to one of the biggest features of, of the trail is called Eden Falls. It's about a 50-foot waterfall. It's actually bigger than that. It's in several sections. You can't see all of them from uh, one spot. And it's right at the edge of a huge shelter cave called Cobb Cave. It's absolutely the biggest one I know of. Um, the native peoples li lived in, in that uh, cave for thousands of years, it's called Cobb Cave because it was full of corn cobs. That was one of their main food sources. There's one more at the very end, the very top of the hiking trail, is Eden Falls Cave. It's the only natural cave that's open on the Buffalo River, and anybody can go in there as long as you have a flashlight. Um, you can go back in the cave for about five to ten minutes. There's a round room back there with about a 25 to 30 foot waterfall. So if, um, if someone wants to, their first wild caving experience, uh, Eden Falls Cave is, is the place to see it. It's, it's quite a sight as you get back uh, away from daylight and it gets completely dark and you work your way back to that round room and uh, you see that waterfall pouring out of the ceiling and uh, there's mist and, and the water's splashing and you can't really hear each other, it's so loud. So it's quite an experience. Depending on the season, spring wildflowers and fall colors are a bonus at Lost Valley. Then, a ways on down the river. It's um, a place that, uh, it, it may not be for everybody because it, it, it's a, a bit of a tougher hike, but it is one of the most impressive views on the whole river and it's a place called the Goat Trail on Big Bluff. Big Bluff is the tallest bluff on the upper river, about 550 feet. And the Goat Trail is, is a, what it says. It's a trail that goes across the face of that bluff about 350 feet above the river. 
um, you hike down the Center Point Trail um, to get there. The Center Point Trail used to be an old road. Uh, many people lived off down uh, the Center Point Road. There was a school called the Center Point School down there. There's a famous cabin called Granny Henderson's Cabin. She lived for most of her life down um, on, on this road. It's about three miles down there. You drop close to a thousand feet, not not really quite that much, but then you will walk through a, a stand of old ashes, juniper, but it look a lot like cedar trees as you get to the bluff, and then all of a sudden the the view opens up, and it's an expansive view. You can see both up and down the river, several bluffs in each direction. You can see down below um, there's an old cabin. Um, on on the other side of the river down below. But it's mainly the view that people go out there to enjoy. And you can walk all the way across the bluff. There's one area where the, it gets down to about a yard wide, so it, it gets fairly narrow. I tell people if uh, a narrow, high place like that bothers them, so it's usually best to just stop and, and go back where it's a little wider. Um, the view's beautiful everywhere. But it's it's it, it it's an incredible experience to walk all the way across that bluff, and then look back and see what you've just walked walked across, and um, the, got the name as the Goat Trail because many years ago there were goats, uh, wild goats that people had let loose over the years that hung out um, along that trail, and actually many years ago kids walked across that trail to go to school to the Center Point School. So there's a bit of history that goes with that. But mostly now, it's just all the folks wanting to go um, down there and see one of the most beautiful views anywhere up and down the Buffalo. And then one of the more intriguing names in the entire park. Okay, the next place we're headed is called Hemden Hollow. And what it is, is the tallest waterfall between the Appalachian Mountains and the Rocky Mountains. Depending on, on what you read, it's uh, roughly 200 feet tall. Some um, sources put it at 204, 208. Um, it's been measured at all of those things. But needless to say, that's that's taller than most waterfalls in the Ozarks and, in fact, taller than all the waterfalls in, 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 uh, between the Appalachians and the Rockies. So it's quite a place to see. It's... Um, surrounded uh, really by a rock amphitheater, I would call it, and the water spills over the edge. And on most days, it's not a huge volume waterfall. It's just a beautiful ribbon of water, and if the wind's blowing, it blows it, and it circles around and, and just blows from one side to the other. It can move 50 or 60 feet, just depending on how the wind blows it. So it's almost like a just a magical stream of water if you're down below looking up at it. But it is a very strenuous hike. It's one of the most strenuous hikes in the park. It's only about five miles round trip, but in those five miles you drop down about 1,200 feet, uh, which means you have to come back up that 1,200 feet. Uh, there's one section of that trail that, that's very, very steep. So it's not maybe for everybody to do the hike. The good thing is that it also can be accessed from the river. So if you're floating the river between Steel Creek and Kyle's Landing, 
um, you can take out. Uh, there is a small sign. Usually there's lots of boats there because many people like to do it. And you can take out and hike up to the waterfall. It's not very steep, and it's about a half-mile hike. So um, you can just go from the river up to see the waterfall, hike back to your boat, and go on down to your destination. Between you and me, I'm more inclined to take the short run up from the river. At this point, we would be leaving the upper river and moving down to the middle section. We'll save that for the next installment. Kevin will be waiting for us.